What's going on, everybody? Hello, and welcome into the Franchise Thunder post or first take post game show. I am Madison Morris alongside Brady Trantham. Guys, we are down here in Flint Restaurant underneath the Colcord Hotel in downtown Oklahoma City, and uh, we have a lot to dive into right now because <laughs> something very abysmal just took place at Chesapeake Energy Arena, resulting in the Thunder losing to the Dallas Mavericks at 106 to 103. Oh, my gosh. Yep. I think the entire final two minutes just made me want to claw my face out. It was just absolute. It was just terrible. I mean, it was the final seven minutes. Uh, the, Thunder put <laughs> the, the, game. the Thunder put the Mavericks in the bonus with about 7.02 to go in the fourth. And I kind of thought, okay, this is going to be a while because it's just going to be foul, foul, foul. Because the Thunder, for whatever reason... They were such a good defensive team throughout most of the season. And then whatever has happened to them, now they, now they can't even defend. They can't get stops against the Dallas Mavericks, who are playing without Luka Doncic, who are sitting a, a few, other, few other guys. They're trotting Dirk Nowitzki out there, who's just doing his thing, doing his farewell tour. And the Thunder, because this team is so reliant on shooting threes, when they should not be reliant at that at all, what did they take? 44 again? They were 43. They took 43 threes. threes. They shot 43 threes in that win. They shot 43 um, threes in that win against Toronto. The difference was is they made 20 of those. Tonight they make 11. On that last possession where they could have led uh, with a few seconds left, Madison, three missed threes. Two from Schroeder, one Mm -hmm. from Paul George. This is just... I feel like we say this about once a week. We said it last week uh, after the Memphis loss. Um, This is a terrible, terrible look. Yeah. And it just gets worse and worse. And this team is inconsistent. We know that. We've known this for a few years now. Um, but this is, a, this is a new low. Yeah. No, it is a new low. And I think the bad thing about this team right now is that we're having to say the exact same thing over and over and over again just because it's not going well. And it's just because the same problems are occurring. They're not fixing all the loose ends they need to tie up right now. Nothing is looking good i think a lot of people are starting to uh, lose hope in this team but i mean aside from all that we're just going to break all this stuff down uh we definitely have a lot to dive into just because it was people are probably breaking other things down right now things are being broken <laughs> people are yelling there's fire people are just angry mop no i'm just kidding it's really not that bad but this is just not a good look for this team right now especially as this end of the season is approaching so i mean brady let's just kind of dive into this game a little bit uh let's go from the first quarter where it was pretty heinous the thunder didn't score a single point in three minutes of play started over seven from the floor it was just it was awful yeah um i believe paul george and russell both missed two point blank layups in that over seven stretch to start um luckily for them because the mavericks could have really taken control early on and just pretty much controlled from then on as the game went along but uh, luckily for the Thunder, they went one. They went one for seven themselves. Oh boy. I believe their first shot was a Dirk Nowitzki three. Um, yeah, just whatever the two thirty tip off. Maybe this team didn't have uh, the full respect for Dal- uh, for the Dallas Mavericks without Luka Doncic. Um, for whatever reason, no matter if the Thunder are playing a team, a, a, a lottery team, but they they have all their starters. Or a lottery team that decides we're going to sit Mike Conley, yeah. Memphis last <laughs> week, or we're going to sit Doncic. The Thunder just, they cannot play like the better team, right. put them away early, and then just somewhat coast from there. I mean, th- that, that's always the ideal thing that you want. But with how talented this team is, with how they've played 
all season long going into the All-Star break. I feel like if I have to say pre- or post-All-Star break one more time, but we're going to have to say it like a handful of times on this post-game show, um, with how they were playing, it just at, at some point this doesn't become disappointing anymore. It just becomes the norm, and this has been the norm for the last three or four weeks. Yeah. They have, they have earned this eight seed, and they have probably earned a very quick exit if they play Golden State. Even, even Denver. Yeah. There was a point where I was a little optimistic if the Thunder drew Denver. I, I could see how you can make that argument. Denver, you know, this is going to be their first postseason run with all these guys. That experience, that spotlight is much different than the regular season. But even now, I'm like, I, I wouldn't pick the Thunder. Playing like they are right now, I wouldn't pick them to um, beat Portland, a team that they swept this season, who would be playing without use of Nurkic. Right. I'm sorry. This this is just uh, an embarrassing loss. I don't know how you could sugarcoat it in any way, shape, or form. It's... This is this is just bad. No, I know, and I don't think anyone should sugarcoat this right now because, yes, it was bad. Yes, it was just an absolute obstruction of what this team has put together this season because, I mean, yeah, I'm starting to agree. Before All-Star break, and here it comes again, I'm going to mention All-Star break. <laughs> Drink. Before All-Star break, it was a completely different team. I think something just really happened to the dynamic of this team because uh, watching this game today, I really noted how Dallas is, or Dallas is, uh, how the Mavericks uh, team – Their just team dynamic had something that was so smooth, so in sync about them, and that's why they were able to make shots fall. That's why they were able to utilize their guys, make uh, good, smooth plays that really looked good and worked to their favor. That's not happening for the Thunder anymore, and I just feel like they're completely out of sync, and it's just, it's really, it's making them hurt. No, that's the the problem when you play lottery teams that are playing, that are sitting a lot of their good guys, a lot of their better guys are hurt, you know, and they're playing a lot of these you know, fringe NBA players, some G League guys. You saw it with Memphis. Um, I always see these tweets, and it never fails. Dallas is trying to lose this game. Players do not walk onto the floor trying to lose the game. These guys want to prove a point. And that's why when you play a team like Dallas or you play a team like Memphis who's sitting everybody and playing all these fringe NBA players, you put your foot on their throat early yes. and keep them from picking up any rhythm. I think Devin Harris, who's he's not a fringe guy. He's been in the league for a long time. I remember when Dwayne Wade made him look silly in the 06 finals. But <laughs> <laughs> um, he was at one point three for three from the three-point line. Uh, he finished four of eight, uh, five of ten overall. Uh, Trey Burke, also not a fringe guy uh, with Utah for a uh, few years for bouncing around, ending up Dallas. Ten of 18, four of eight from the three-point line, 25 points. That helped. That helped the Dallas bench outscore Oklahoma City's 57 to 14. Ouch. 57 to 14. Dennis Schroeder has eight points, three of 11 from the floor. Um, when when you're just when you, again when you play teams like this, when you play players like this, you can't allow them to get into rhythm because even if they're a fringe NBA guy, they're in the NBA for a reason. They're yes. one of the you know they're one of the 200 best basketball players in the world. Which if you're the number 200, you're better than you're you and me. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're still, still, still very good. good. And the last thing you want them want to do as a team defense is allow that guy to get in rhythm because it just snowballs from there. And I thought the Thunder had plenty of chances to regain control even after a real sloppy start. We've seen this. We've seen this team have abysmal starts, but then really get it rolling early and then just kind of coast from that point. Um, they had plenty of opportunities to do that. Stephen Adams did his best. Stephen Adams and Jeremy Grant, probably the best players on the floor tonight Absolutely. for Oklahoma City, the more consistent players. Um, but just 
too many bad plays and all these habits, all these bad habits that we've seen for the last few weeks, they just continue and continue and continue. And we're probably going to hear the same stuff in the locker room, Madison. It's oh, going to be a yeah. whole bunch of next questions. I thought we got some good looks and good shots that we want. They just didn't fall. That I is know. not the attitude this team needs to have right now after losing in less than one week to two terrible right. squads just <laughs> terrible it's just something needs to change something needs to change in their mentality something needs to change in the way that they approach things and i agree i mean i'm kind of happy i'm not in that locker room right now because we wouldn't <laughs> get anything worth using it would just be extremely short cut off questions very sugar-coated a little vanilla so i don't know if there is just like a couple screws loose in the rest of the season and things are just not going to work out, but it's just not looking good for them right now. And I mean, I think we kind of predicted, I've kind of forgot what my number prediction was for the remainder of the season, but I mean, I'm already a little bit wrong because I, I think we're all wrong. Of, yeah, we were way off. <laughs> Everybody took an L on this team. So we're just all going to take some L's on this, but uh, we're not the only ones taking L's because right now the Thunder took a giant L today, only down three points at the final buzzer. But you know what? That's kind of a slap in the face, especially when they were able to tie it um, a couple times throughout the game. There were six times this game was tied, 12 lead changes. They took a lead under 30 seconds, I think, That's twice. It was just back and forth, kind of like. But again, when you allow a bad team to get into rhythm, they they are no longer a bad team in right. that moment. They, yes. When the, when someone's in the zone, they're in the zone. Anybody can get in the zone. We've seen Dion Waiters with the Thunder a few years ago, a guy who you. Please don't get in the zone, Dion. We don't want to see you jack up all these mid-range fadeaways. Just don't do it. Anybody can get into a zone if you just don't respect them enough. Right. And um, I don't. I don't want to say that the Thunder don't respect their opponents, but when they have this track record of they get up for the big teams, they get up for the Golden States, even though they got swamped by them a few weeks ago. They get up for Toronto. They get up for Indiana, and then they put out these performances against Memphis, against uh, Minnesota who they could possibly be swept by uh, this at yeah. some point next week with that Just fourth game coming in Minnesota. Um, they have this track record, and it's getting to a point where I can't deny it and I can't justify it in any way. This is just who they are. Yeah, and I, I feel like that's starting to give people the wrong idea of what they thought about this team, and this might be really awful to say, but this team may just not be as great as everyone kind of chalked them out to be, just because they're falling apart in the most crucial part of the season, and a good team does not do that. You know, a good team prospers, and they push forward, and they get better. They learn things. They tie up loose ends, like kind of like I said at the beginning of the show. This team's not doing it anymore, and so it's just, it's kind of an opportunity and just like an instance to kind of stand back and just say, wow, maybe I was completely wrong about this team. I don't think that they are. I mean, they, they have a playoff spot that has been clinched. So uh, yeah, this is just kind of weird because it just is an ample opportunity to kind of step back and say, wow, maybe I was completely wrong about this team. And they don't really look like a playoff caliber team right now. Is there a player of a game today? I mean, is there, um, yeah, Nate, go ahead and fire it up, and we'll talk about who uh, somewhat impressed us, I guess. <laughs> now, the Franchise Thunder Player of the Game, brought to you by Volkswagen of Edmond. Well. You know, I asked that question knowing full well that we talked about it during the yeah, game. Yeah, we had a combo about I think this. we even mentioned it probably on air already. Now, Steven... Steven did his best to keep this team, yep. you know, focused. He did, did his best to hit all these timely buckets when the Thunder could have potentially been down were, um, by um, much, much more. The Mavericks got up by 14 late in the second quarter, 
And the Thunder, I think, finished on a 13-2 run to get it down within two, I believe, going into the locker room. Adams had a lot to do with that, with his defense, his rebounding. He had seven offensive boards tonight. Um, or actually, he had finished with nine, excuse me. He had a few uh, really late. Uh, 10 to 17 from the floor, 20 points. Um, we've been talking about this. I talked about it on Friday. This is the third good Steven Adams game in a row after he played, like, something resembling garbage yes. um, since the All-Star break. So that is, that's really good to see. Um, but I think, you know, you probably have the other one fired up with uh, the uh, player of the game, uh, other than Steven, that is. Yeah, so uh, like Brady said, we kind of talked about how Steven, he was the most consistent player uh, kind of throughout the game because like Brady said, I mean, he, he was just giving a lot of second chance opportunities. He was really hustling for the ball. He was really making a lot of crucial and timely plays. But I also kind of wanted to highlight Jeremy Grant because we've already talked about him a little bit, but um, his fourth quarter was just absolutely insane. I think he finished the fourth quarter on four of six shooting for yep. 10 points. Um, he just, he was on another level in the fourth quarter and he was just able to close out games. And that's kind of why I want to give my player of the game to him because yes, you can, it's very important for these guys to start out a game, just very consistent, very strong and not allow their opponent to take over too soon. But the way that a player closes a game and keeps that energy going when it's tight, like it was today, then I just really, that's something to really highlight because Jeremy Grant was really able to bring life to Chesapeake, really bring life to his teammates, really bring life to himself. I mean, my gosh, I think these guys, they need their own self-confidence to really finish out a game, and that's what Jeremy Grant did today. Yeah, I mean, Grant, he hit a bucket uh, midway through the first quarter, didn't hit another bucket until about the 10.40 mark of the third, and then didn't do anything else offensively (laughs) until he went on the, he hit those two big back-to-back threes, I think one of them, Got the Thunder down uh, one when they were down seven at one point. Uh, got them down one, and then he hit two uh, layups in the span of about two minutes. Uh, really big. Every shot he hit was big. That's good. That's a good thing. You know, mm-hmm. Jeremy Grant's development has been um, consistently over these last few seasons. That's one been one of the more positive constants. You know, Grant has become so important for the Thunder, and that you know that's probably another reason why the Thunder struggled mightily in mo- uh, throughout most of the game is because Grant wasn't scoring, yeah. and you know he he finishes with 14 points tonight. He had to really earn those uh, final points to get that 14 mark. But um, when Grant is scoring in in the mid teens, you know maybe getting up to 19, 20 points, typically that means the Thunder's offense is humming. Mm-hmm. Um, the the big tragedy, I guess, late other than and I'm sure Madison will get into this in the next few segments with uh, four seconds left and Russell decides to no. pull up from forty. Um, from forty. I think the other big tragedy is you know Jeremy Grant, like we've been saying, you know had a really hot fourth quarter, but the Thunder, for whatever reason, decide to spot up Dennis Schroeder every single oh time. Gosh. Dennis Schroeder is not a three point shooter. No. He is one of six today. And it feels like he should have been one of ten because I thought he missed straight up six threes in about two yeah. or three possessions. <laughs> it like I don't get it. Driving to the basket, whoever it is, driving to the basket, and then kick, when you possibly have a chance to either get fouled or hit the layup, that compared to kicking it out to Dennis Schroeder wide open, that is not a better shot. Right. Dennis Schroeder is not a three-point shooter. Right. He is spotty. He is streaky. I would rather get the two, the, the guaranteed two points yep. than kicking it out to him to potentially hit one because he's probably going to miss it. And he has been terrible the yeah. last few weeks outside of two, you know, one good performance against Toronto, one good performance against Memphis, even though that gets buried because the Thunder just laid a huge egg that <laughs> night. But 
I, I don't get the, the IQ of this of this Thunder's team's half court offense and who they decide to get spotted up in the corner. And yes, a lot of that has to be because you know Dallas understands that they don't want Jeremy yeah. Grant to be alone in the corner. He's shooting over forty two percent from the corner right. this season. He's an incre- he's been an incredible um, asset for this team's offense, but. They've got to find better ways to find guys that are hot, and if, especially if those guys are Jeremy Grant, um, just not good enough. Just not good enough tonight. No, absolutely, and I agree. I just think a lot of poor planning kind of went into this. I'm not saying this is poor planning on Coach Donovan's part. I'm just saying a lot of poor planning um, of relying on guys like Dennis Schroeder to shoot that three. Why, he didn't even move from that spot. Yes, we're going to talk about this later, so I'm just going to table this for now. We're actually about to take a break, but guys, Brady and I are here in the Flint restaurant at the bottom of the Colcord Hotel. That's a really hard word for me to say. Uh, let words words are hard, words when, you are watch, hard. when you watch garbage for two I'm hours. I'm honestly just so heated still from all of this. So uh, the Colcord Hotel, that is where Brady and I are here in Flint restaurant. People are starting to come in from the game. Uh, they are ready to eat and drink their sorrows away yeah everybody's angry right before they walk in here <laughs> and then they get and then everybody starts smiling because the food's great the, the drinks food are great is awesome. yeah the people are great yeah. great service here at flint so guys if you're not doing anything on this beautiful sunday afternoon the sun's still out and the game's already over that's the crazy part about today so come on down enjoy it come say hi to brady and myself we'd be happy to uh, shake your hand and slap high fives <laughs> but we are going to take a break real quick when we come back we'll talk more about this uh fun get interesting game it was um, interesting it was interesting that that's the nice way of putting it so we're <laughs> going to talk more about it so stick with us here on 1077 the franchise 1079 in tulsa Welcome back to the Thunder First Take Post Game Show. I am Madison Morris, and I am sitting across from my friend, colleague, sidekick, whatever. His name's Brady Trantham, and we are talking the Thunder loss to the Dallas Mavericks today. Uh, yeah, Thunder take it, or no, they don't take it. Dallas takes it 106 to 103. and uh, They take it directly on the chin. They take it directly <laughs> on the chin. That is correct. Um, yeah, just not exactly the best look for the Thunder today, but Brady and I are enjoying some, uh, well, we did enjoy some black bean hummus here in Flint restaurant at the bottom of the Colcord Hotel in downtown Oklahoma City. So get out here if you're not doing anything right now on this lovely Sunday afternoon. Uh, but also we were going to mention that you guys are super lucky right now because you are also listening to our OKC 82 podcast because when Brady and I, oh, yes, when Brady and I have the privilege of doing this uh, post game show, it also doubles as our OKC 82 podcast. Uh, and so you guys are listening to it. So thank you guys so much. What up? Yeah, um, it's available on most of all where you listen to a podcast, all those platforms, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, iTunes, whatever all they're, those whatever they're called. Um, we're also doing a little uh, prize giveaway uh, for Tuesday night. So if everyone hasn't jumped off the cliff by then or jumped <laughs> off the, uh, the Thunder bandwagon, which I really don't blame you if you have at this point, but for those that are still remaining um, – the subscribers that we have currently, um, we kind of put out a video on Twitter and explaining the rules, but I'll go ahead and do it really quick. Uh, for our current subscribers, uh, the first five questions we get following the Lakers game, and we'll tweet it out um, that night after the game. First five questions, those five people get uh, put into a raffle. And then for new subscribers that are just now finding out about this, uh, subscribe to us, uh, leave us a five-star review. Uh, screenshot it, tweet it to us, and you'll be put into the raffle as well, those first five people. 
Um, and the prizes include a Russell Westbrook high-fiving Rumble the Bison bobblehead, Ooh. two OKC Thunder snapback hats, and uh, probably some franchise uh, swag. Heck yes. So, and I know the most important thing out of that was the franchise swag. Yeah. We know you guys want that. But, you know, um, speaking of Twitter questions, um, but really quick before we dive yeah. into uh, Russell, what was that, Madison, you were mentioning? Um, I was just going to talk about some really bad, bad fourth quarter closeouts by Mr. Uh, Russell Westbrook himself. So we're definitely going to break that down. But Brady, read us some questions. Um, well, I mean, you know, it's actually more of a, this This seems like an OU postgame show when oh. OU loses a game because it's just nothing but fire this coach, fire, fire. that guy. Fire yeah, him. Billy Donovan is, oh my goodness, people are very, very frustrated with him right now. I, I will say this about Billy real quick. Um, there are caveats, of course, and I'll get I'll get through those. He's a good coach. I think he's a good coach. He knows basketball. He clearly knows how to win. He won two back-to-back national. T- he won a back-to-back national championship in college, which is almost impossible to do. Um, he's coached great NBA players back at Florida. He's coached a handful of great players in his time in Oklahoma City. But having said that, I just don't get how this front of oh, I thought so and so played okay. Or I thought we played okay as um, as a whole when it's a loss to Dallas or it's a loss to Memphis. Right. I don't I don't see how this could continue. I don't see how Billy can get the most anima- animated during a game at a call that doesn't go the Thunder's way. Now he leads the. I think he's either one or two in terms of coaches of receiving technicals this year. So he's up there in terms of screaming at refs. Something needs to change. Like, right. I mean, I don't know if it's. I'm not saying it's, it needs to be Billy Donovan, but something in the, the mentality of the of the roster of the coaching staff needs to change because it just really doesn't seem like people are being held accountable. Because when Russell Westbrook has four seconds left in the game, down three, and he just pulls up from forty with four seconds left, that is an eternity in basketball. Yep. And with as fast as he is. They could have. Yes. He could have easily got to the rim and kicked it out to. Even though I complained about it earlier, Dennis Schroeder. But Dennis Schroeder standing in the corner is much better than Russell Westbrook running full speed, pulling up from forty. Yep. He could have found Jeremy Grant in the corner. He could have found Paul in the corner. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh, there are multiple players that and, he could have found. And look, didn't. I have no doubt that even though these players will say, you know, we're not worried about anything, the next question nonsense, I have no doubt that behind closed doors, um, in team meetings and in practices, they know full well what they've done and the things they need to do to correct them. They're, for them to tell us that is just a, kind of a bonus for us. Right. Uh, for media and for fans, I'm saying. But something has to change because this, this is now the second year in the road that this team has looked completely different than the, the team we saw pre-All-Star break. Um, it's it's just very disappointing. It's very frustrating, and I completely understand why everybody is up in arms about Billy, about right. Russell, about the team overall, because they they show you how good they can be, and they almost tease the fan base with how good they can be. And just bad habits, lazy offense, yep. and by lazy offense, I mean 43 three-pointers <laughs> from a team that is not good at that. Yes, 
And I think the funny thing right now is that this is always a topic of conversation in post-game shows on our podcast. Uh, what other people are talking about is why does this team continue to take so many three-pointers? And I really do think this is where the entire change of mentality needs to come in because if they're relying so heavily on shooting the three-point basket, like Russell Westbrook chunking it up from nearly half court to finish the game out when, no, that should not have happened. And I really think that it's more of like – a Oh gosh, I don't want to say this and put this like out there if it's not completely put true. Put it but out there. It's all like out a, there now. It's like a hero <laughs> mentality almost. No. It's like I want to be a hero. I want to be the one that's like, yes, I won this game. I, I want to do this. Like, I mean, Trey Young did that today for the Hawks against the Bucks. That was huge. <laughs> but like, Trey Young was underneath the basket. He was able to put that bucket up. No, that's funny. I tweeted it during the, right when I saw it. Um, Atlanta fans are like, yes, buzzer yes. beater against the Bucks. That's awesome. Atlanta's front office is like, what are you doing, Trey? Please. Like, no, no, no. We're trying to get Zion. Like, my God. But um, it's just, yeah, this has just been kind of a constant thing for this team right now because, I mean, guys like Russell Westbrook, uh, I don't really want to put it on Paul George because I really do think he has, like, the right idea of when he tries to shoot the three-pointer pretty close to the buzzer to make it a buzzer beater but guys like russ and i think it's just russ that i'm gonna have to talk about right now he just he he's chunking up bad garbage shots right now because i think it's not only the hero mentality but it's the fact that i I, like i I can do this i've been doing this for 11 years i don't change my game i'm gonna do this and it's just like it's not working so when does the change take place not changing for 11 years is not a good thing that yes (laughs) you're supposed especially as an athlete you're supposed to evolve you're supposed to adapt and yes russell westbrook has done those things what he meant by that was just kind of you know his attitude i guess and i can see why you want to be closely guarded with how you conduct yourself i get that but um, there is something to be said about his lack of evolving in terms of just understanding just precious moments during a game, just understanding time and place, understanding player positioning, understanding guys on the floor, understanding where those guys are on the floor, right. understanding the clock. I, I just don't get it. But, I mean, I think you're exactly right, Madison. It's just a hero mentality. And, you know, even though you didn't really – throw Paul under the bus as much. I mean, I have to throw Paul under the bus too. I mean, 8 of 20 from the floor, 5 of 12 from the three-point line, which is really good and you know, much better than what we've been seeing out Paul, of yeah, yeah, what we've been seeing out of him over the last few weeks. But, you know, Paul has said something kind of similar where he think like um, to us in the media, he said, I think the other day, all I need to see is just that one shot go in and it's like, no, 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 that's not how this works. Uh, especially over his career, he's streaky in his own yeah. right. He'll have a good month and he'll have an underwhelming month. But yeah. he's so good that he's still going to score twenty north of twenty five points. Yeah, um, he's going to get the ball a lot. Uh, six or seven from the free throw line, which is cool. But <laughs> that's cool. I, I just don't. It just feels like that this team is waiting for that huge three pointer to fall. And for a team that can't shoot threes, that shot is not going to come. Yeah. And as we've seen, they can have a really, really awesome night shooting the three-point shot. Right. They did against Toronto. And then they had two days off to think about it and kind of like pat themselves on the back for a huge win, one of the bigger wins of the season. And then they lay a large egg in Memphis to guys that may not be playing in the league next year. Right. They let Chandler Parsons run to the rim and score buckets on them. Just Just, abysmal. uh, Awful. Yeah. 
That is probably the word of the day. We're, we did a player of the game, and the word of the game is abysmal because this game was just abysmal. And it's just it's just quite unfortunate, really, just because, kind of like I said in the first segment, this is where it really matters. This is where these teams really need to clench down and just completely either change what they need to change or continue doing what they're doing if it's a dominant thing and it's working for them. But right now, not a lot's working for the Thunder, but they're not changing anything. They're still taking the same kinds of shots. They're still relying on the same people they maybe should not be relying on right now. And it's just, it's not working. It's becoming more and more evident to Thunder fans, and I guess not to them, because they're not changing anything. So, I don't know. Right now, I think basically what I kind of wanted to do was just break down, like, the last, I guess, like, minute of the fourth quarter. And, I mean, we kind of did it. It was just a lot of missed shots, a lot of, like, not the greatest opportunities. Both of those three-pointers that Dennis Schroeder took were extremely contested, and I don't know exactly why they thought he was the best one for that. But, I mean, what do I know? I just, I, mean, I the, don't know. I mean, the Thunder, they, they pretty much started, they ended the game almost exactly like they started it. Right. Now, the, the biggest difference is that Jeremy Grant hit some big shots, whereas the Thunder started off, like we said, 0 for 7 from the floor. But in that 0 for 7 start, you know, the seeds of this sloppy play and this sloppy game were kind of, you know, laying right there. A handful of those possessions in that 0 for 7 start, the Thunder, and particularly Dennis Schroeder and Russell Westbrook, would drive to the basket. And I think two of the two of these four or five instances, Dennis Schroeder or Russell had a Dennis had the floater. Like he had a clear look at his his tear his patented teardrop yeah. floater. Um, he chose to kick it back out to Jeremy Grant, and it was an awful pass, mind you. It went to his ankles. Jeremy had to, like, reach down to the floor to catch it. (laughs) Luckily for Dennis in this example, Jeremy got to the rim and scored. But these other three examples, they just kicked it out to somebody standing stationary in the corner, and then nothing happened. It was a lot of driving without purpose. It was a lot of basketball without purpose. And, yes, I guess the the mindset of 2019 NBA is to shoot threes, okay, um, or to dribble, penetrate, and kick out, or dribble and get to the, and get to the foul line, um, get an easy bucket at the rim. But when you do that, when you just do the bare bones of that, because that's what you're supposed to do, but you have no purpose, you have no understanding of, okay, Terrence is right there, he's somewhat guarded. If I pass it to him. He's probably not going to be able to shoot it, so I should probably just take the ball myself. But they'll kick it out to him anyway. You're just setting up your teammates for like, for not having success. Right. And that's just what this offense is. I mean, when they're able to get out in the fast break, they look cool. They yeah. look good. And that's how that's how they were able to come back at the end of the first half on that 13-2 run was particularly on uh, forcing turnovers, some careless turnovers on Dallas's part, um, getting out in the break. But teams have kind of figured out Oklahoma City so far. Like in the yep. last few weeks, they have not been able to get out in the fast break as as much as they would want to, as much as they were getting prior to the All Star break. And when the Thunder have to rely on the half court offense, that's when you see all these bad habits that have accumulated over the last four year, four or five years with Russell Westbrook, the last th- um, few seasons with Billy Donovan coaching. Um, something needs to happen. There needs to be more accountability. And maybe even a little bit more visible, uh, visible accountability because yeah. I kind of complain about, okay, Billy's going to chew the refs a new one because he thinks there should have been a foul call there. Okay, that's fine. But when time and time again you're setting up Dennis Schroeder to shoot and he's one for six, or time and time and again uh, Russell is pulling up from 40 with four seconds left, I'm not saying you need to scream at these guys, but something needs to be yeah. done. You can't just allow this to continue because, as we've seen, this team does not – that level of play does not lead to success yeah. in the postseason. And, yes, 
some things can change. Yeah. The Thunder could get lucky and the ball could bounce their way in a first-round matchup against Golden State, Denver, or whoever. Um, that can cer- That's certainly possible. But um, from what we've seen the last few weeks, that seems like a very, very slim chance. Right. I, I just I don't see a lot changing right now just because there really are not many games left in this season. I think postseason is just going to be either a brand-new opportunity, like Billy Donovan has been preaching. He keeps saying in post-game pressers when asked about it, you know, What's happening now, it's going to be a blank slate. We're just going to completely start over. Things are going to be uh, just new, and they're going to be fresh. But are they? I mean, I just, I really don't see that happening. And honestly, Brady, we just talked about a bunch of really awful possessions. But so before <laughs> we go to break, uh, Nate, go ahead and fire up our uh, kick-ass possession of the game. We'll talk about something good. Yeah. I'm not headbanging to this one today. something <laughs> good. You know, I kind of had two, shockingly. Uh, they both happened in the fourth quarter, of course, because that's really the only time something looked pretty interesting. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and go with the second one I put down. And it kind of goes with uh, my player of the game, uh, who was Jeremy Grant. And this was at the 424 mark. So still, you know, a good amount of time left in the game. But uh, Russell Westbrook dished the ball out to Jeremy Grant in the corner uh, where Grant drained the three. This was only his second of the night, and he finished, I think, two out of eight. So not the best shooting night from the perimeter for Jeremy Grant, but he, you know, he made some pretty timely ones, and this was one of them. So uh, that pulled OKC within one at 95 to 94. This is the closest the score had been in a while, and Jeremy Grant, kind of like I was saying, he just he was my player of the game just because he was able to close out this game and look strong and bring life to his team, bring life to the arena, and really put a lot of hope in people. I mean, it was a little bit of false hope just because it didn't end well for the Thunder, but at the same time, I mean, he was able to close out. He was strong. I really like this play just because it was a good play by Jeremy Grant that really set him up to uh, pick up a couple more points after that. It was just a good look for Jeremy Grant because this team and this fan base has relied so heavily on guys like Russell Westbrook, Stephen Adams, and Paul George to be just the stars, the center of attention, the saviors of the game. But I think people often overlook Jeremy Grant just because he's not the biggest name right now, but he's a dominant player. And I think people really started to realize if they hadn't already, this game was a prime opportunity for Thunder fans to see that Jeremy Grant is extremely valuable to this team. Yeah, I mean, we kind of said it. Like the development that he's been able to have uh, with this team has been a sight to see. He's become not just a, a role a role player that you can you can depend on to hit like one or two kind of you know clutch or timely shots. He's a guy that can make your offense work. He's a guy that the defense has to be prepared for. But again, <laughs> like. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of other adjectives to describe this Thunder's half court offense because <laughs> um, if I see Dennis Schroeder get spotted up in the corner one more time when the Thunder need a big shot and Jeremy Grant is not the one shooting them, mm-hmm. um, you know, because we haven't even talked about Terrence Ferguson yet. Oh man! Um, the other night, one shot attempt. Tonight he has two. Oh. How does Terrence Ferguson have two shot attempts against Justin Jackson? Courtney Lee and Jalen Brunson. Oh How? That, oh that is that's not a good that is not a good thing to see going into the postseason just because of the development we've seen from Ferguson this year. Right. It's certainly tailed off. And with his 
drop in production. The Thunder's overall team production has fallen off. But, I mean, yeah, credit to J- uh, Jeremy Grant for not quitting after, despite a really bad start, a really sl- just quiet start. Slow, very um, slow. But it's just it's not enough. This team cannot afford to take any team lightly and then just expect, oh, we can go on one 24-0 run like we did against Indiana the other night. Yeah, That's not going to happen every single game. You're not going to be able to just kind of half-ass around and then turn it on in the fourth, especially when you put the team in the bonus with seven minutes left. It, uh, I don't know. Nothing yeah, like yeah. Nothing's going to change. I mean, nothing's going to change. I mean, this team, this franchise is successful. This team wins a lot of games. Um, they are a perennial playoff team, and there is something to be said about that. You know, you this market is it's very it's extremely lucky to have guys like Russell Westbrook and Paul George, two of the best players in the world. Mm-hmm. But um, I think at this point, year two of Russell Westbrook and Paul George, and we kind of all all know how this movie is probably going to end. Mm-hmm. It's one of those movies where you, you guess the killer halfway through, and it's yeah. like, all right, I don't need to waste the next hour of my life. I'm done. Um, we kind of know how this movie is going to end, and if it ends the way that we're all thinking. This is how this team is, and unless something changes, this is the result that we're going to see. Yeah, and I've always been the biggest person to preach on, hey, anything can happen in a short amount of time. Like, change can happen overnight, but it's not happening, and I'm starting to lose a little bit of faith in it. And change does not mean fire this person or trade that person. Change can be internal. The Thunder have prided themselves on internal development, and we've seen it with the guy we just been talking about, Jeremy Grant. For sure. We've seen it in spots with Terrence Ferguson. And potentially, hopefully, for this team moving forward, they can see it with guys like Hamadou Diallo and Deontay Burton and whoever they add. Yeah. You know, and they can also just bring in guys from outside that are on the roster right now by uh, possibly dealing Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. Um, you know, there's all these options on the table. And with Sam Presti as the GM, a guy who every time that you find yourself saying, the Thunder have no money, but all of a sudden the Thunder find themselves having money, or the Thunder have no trade assets, and then the Thunder pull off a Serge Ibaka trade that ends up becoming Paul George. Yeah. You know, Sam is extremely talented at that at that you know level of his of his gig. Um, so there are a lot of options open for this team to develop either internally or externally, but it's it's very apparent that something needs to change. No, for sure, but we will talk more about that. We're going to go ahead and take our last break. We have one more segment coming up after this, so stick with us here on the franchise. Uh, Brady and I are here at Flint Restaurant. Where are you? Come on. Come enjoy it. It's Sunday afternoon, and it's beautiful outside, so come enjoy some Flint. Come enjoy some downtown Oklahoma City, and we'll all put this loss in the past. But, guys, we will be back uh, after this break to talk more about this game, more about things that went on. We just have a little bit more to dive into. We'll talk about uh, some who dat dunk dat, and we'll uh, give you our stat cat. So stick with us here on the franchise, and we will be back after these. Welcome back, everybody, to the Thunder First Take Post Game Show here in Flint Restaurant with me and Brady Trantham. You guys have us for one more segment, and uh, you guys have also been listening to our OKC82 podcast. Congratulations, because this show is going to double as our podcast tonight, because uh, Brady and I have really dove into a lot of things on this show, and we don't really want to redo it after it. So <laughs> it's going to double, and uh, it's going to be great. So thank you guys so much for tuning in today and uh, staying up with us. We have a little bit more to talk about, though, Brady. Uh, we kind of talked about some things on the break, but before we get into all that, we're going to have our incredible producer back in studio, Mr. Naders, uh, take you around the, uh, the association, tell you what's been going on today and what's going to happen tonight. All right. 
full slate today. Obviously, Thunder game. Bucks and Hawks, though, in Atlanta in a close one. OT, 136-135. Trey Young with 16 assists. He went off again. And John Collins, 23 points, 12 rebounds in that one. Lakers, Pelicans just tipped off. They're in the second quarter now in New Orleans, 32-31 LA. At 6 o'clock tip, Sacramento Kings and Spurs there in San Antonio. 7 o'clock, you got the Wizards and Nuggets in Denver. 7.30 game, Hornets and Warriors there in Golden State. We'll see how that goes. And the late game tonight at 9.30, you got the Grizzlies and Clippers in Los Angeles. And a little bonus one here for you, kind of lighten the mood. How about the Blues clinching the playoffs? They were 15-18-4 on January 3rd, last in the league. First team since the 96-97 Ottawa Senators to be last place at, in January and still make the playoffs. Oh, my. Oh, shoot. Trey Young, 12 points, 16 assists tonight. What a star. You know, it's, it's a shame that he had such a slow start to the season because, I mean, it's still kind of a tight race, but I think everybody understands Luka's going to be the rookie of the year, and deservingly so. Luka has been incredible the entire the entirety of the season. Um, but, wow, I mean, the league is the league is in a good place right now with all their current stars and all their all baby the stars right now. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta, like, they're, gonna, they're a league pass team kind of this year. They're definitely going to be one next year. I'm excited to see their development with Trey. No, that's that's huge. I mean, these young guys are making such a big impact in the NBA right now, and I think that's really going to speak volumes to the future of this league. Uh, just looking at the guys that are really lighting it up right now. I mean, no Luka Doncic tonight. That was kind of disappointing for uh, Thunder fans and maybe even some Mavs fans. No, no JJ, City, Bar- but... no, no JJ Barea, noted uh, Thunder killer. <laughs> noted Thunder. That's right. Oh man. So, but uh, that didn't exactly stop the Mavericks, though. I mean, we've said it a couple times, but the Dallas Mavericks defeat the Thunder, one hundred six to one hundred three tonight or today uh we're, it's usually dark yeah outside. usually by the time we're done doing the post game show and we all get home it's, it's like it's, it's like midnight like, like way past my so we'll all get we'll all get to go to bed we'll all get to see our friends and families with oh the sun gosh. out that's awesome i love, I love that. when i finish work and the sun's still <laughs> out it's very rare uh but yeah so a couple more things to dive into we don't have much longer to talk but uh just kind of looking back on this everything that kind of happened today brady um we were kind of talking about some things during the break we were talking about uh the fouling trouble this team has been in not only today but kind of uh the past couple weeks and i mean even a little farther back from that it's just kind of been an issue so go ahead and take off on that man take a couple deep breaths first (laughs) yeah rub your temples a little bit well the we need to we need to talk about the fouls the fouls, the fouls, the fouls, the fouls, the fouls, the fouls. Those fouls. things, yes. It, this is one of the easier culprits to spot when a team is going through a lot of bad habits, when they're going through a bad stretch of basketball. Um, fouls, you, you don't, the, the officials are not out to get the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, <laughs> do they miss some calls? Yes. Do they call some bad calls? Yes. They're human beings. But so many sloppy fouls over and over again, and they lead to this this atmosphere of bad basketball. Um, and there was a really pivotal play late in the fourth quarter where Russell Westbrook dove uh, for a loose ball, ran into some, I believe it was Devin Harris. It might have been uh, it might have been Jalen Brunson. I can't remember. I think it was Jalen Brunson, actually. Um, him and Brunson hit, the, or him and Westbrook hit the floor, diving for a loose ball, and it was a foul. Because the Thunder put the Mavericks in the bonus at the seven-minute mark, 
<laughs> Free throws. After the Thunder had already taken a lead, I, I believe, mm-hmm. um, the Mavericks could have potentially taken a lead. Um, I believe uh, the free throws were split. But really, you, you're just you're, you're removing all of your margin for error. And just starting this game off, you're playing the Dallas Mavericks. They're not good. You're playing the Dallas Mavericks without um, Luka Doncic. That's good for you. Yep. You already have a wide margin for error, but it's like the Thunder just destroyed it yeah. with their sloppy shooting, yep. their sloppy offense, and then the sloppy fouling. And the fouling has been the most consistent culprit of bad basketball yep. since the All-Star break. Just because, I mean, we've had guys foul out. We've had guys foul out in tight ball games. Yep. We've had guys, uh, we've had the team put the opponent in the bonus in the first two, three minutes of the first quarter. Yeah. Like, Billy Billy complained about that last weekend in yep. practice. You can't win like that. Right. You can't even beat Dallas like that. No. You can, but those are things that you could easily clean up and you can easily fix. But I don't know if this team can because they play with such an aggressive edge. And yeah. at times it's misguided aggression. And it, and it leads to silly and sloppy fouls, off-the-ball fouls. The Thunder lead the league in off-the-ball fouls, non-shooting fouls. It's it's just bad. Yeah. You know, I've said it's just bad because I, I'm at a loss for words at times. <laughs> but, it, again, it's just frustrating because we all know how talented this team is. We all know, you know, a few weeks ago this team had the, all the, the three seed all but locked up. Now they are looking at a quick first-round exit against Golden State or Denver. Yeah. And it's just, it, it, what is very unfortunate about this is this team is putting themselves in a lot of tricky and tough situations by their fouling. They, I mean, who was it? I think it was Jeremy Grant, actually, who fouled out with like six minutes left in the game. Uh, I forgot which game that was. It was maybe about a week ago, but you just, you can't do that. You can't take yourself off the floor just because you got too reckless on the fouling in of the basketball game. Because if you're taking yourself out of that game, you're potentially hurting your team because you're not there to contribute to it. So it just kind of turns into a mess when you allow way too many fouls to happen, when you're just reckless and you're careless on that end of the ball. So you have to take care of that also, but you just have to be smart, man. You just got to be smart. You have to really make sure that if you're going to go in, and potentially pick up a foul, it's not going to be in a crunch time situation where if you're sending a team to the foul line or you're giving them the ball back, that's probably what's going to seal the deal for them because, I mean, like we've seen, these other teams are coming in here and they are manhandling the Thunder by taking control and taking advantage of the Thunder's mistakes. And so that's just been a huge issue. And right now the Thunder have five games left to clean this stuff up. And if they're not going to be able to do that, then, I mean, like Brady said, it's going to be a quick first-round exit. And that just is unfortunate after seeing the success this team has picked up throughout the season. Yep. 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 <laughs> That's that, man. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like we just keep talking about the same stuff over and over and over again. But that's what's happened with this team. They're, they're inconsistent. They're sloppy. They're too reliant on the three-point shot when they are not a three-point shooting team. Play to your strength, man. Right. I mean, play to your strengths. It's it's really that simple. Um, Paul George, you are a scorer. Um, I, I get that is the only – he is about the only guy that if he takes a lot of threes and he misses the majority of them. I mean, tonight he hit 41 of, 41% of them. That's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, he's the only guy that I'm like, okay, I'll accept it. But not from Dennis Schroeder, not not two shots from Terrence Ferguson, not a pull up from forty four seconds left down three Russell Westbrook. I th- these are just it's just bad. It's just it so bad. it's so terrible and it's head scratching. And I just question 
every little minute detail that goes into being a professional basketball team. I question leadership. I question coaching. I question rotations. I question mindset, taking your opponents seriously. Basic things that you should already do waking up as a professional athlete, as a professional head coach. None of these things need to be pointed out. But we are sitting here, game 77 of an 82-game season, with the eighth-seeded team, who was once the third-seeded team in the West, and had well, they were 18 games over 500 at one point, and we have to point these things out, and they're just things that you can't deny. Yep. And you know, I get everybody. I get. I understand Thunder fans defending Russell Westbrook and him. I guess he just went through a next question circus already in the locker room. Oh boy. Look, I get it. I get defending Russell Westbrook. He's huge for the market. He's huge for the team. Um, He's really easy to root for, mm-hmm. for because of the choices he's made staying with the Oklahoma City Thunder. But at some point, as a fan, I would think and I would hope that you would want and expect different results over time because just because of development and evolution. But this is looking like the same movie we've seen over and over and over again since Kevin Durant has left. Yep. And yeah. un- unless something drastic happens... If the ball bounces the Thunder's way, which could potentially happen, or if Paul George, his shoulder heals and is 100% and he shoots like he does um, in the postseason that he did in the pre-All-Star break part of the season, then those positive things can happen. But um, we have no reason to believe that they that they will. Yeah, no, and I agree. And before we get out of here today, uh, we do have one more little thing we need to do. So, Nate, let's uh, talk about some dunks. Honestly, after watching this game, I don't even want to attempt this voice because I, like, <laughs> I am I mean, we all know that I'm already pretty bad at it, so let's just not even. Um, but honestly, Brady, I believe you were the only one who had really had a dunk today. I mean, I never really saw anything except for maybe a couple of lands. I don't know if I would consider them a dunk. I really wanted to see just, like, an awesome breakout dunk opportunity for them, but... Russell um, almost had one exactly. in the... Russell almost had one in the first quarter when he hit a layup, but I think he jumped a little too uh, early, and I think he was... I think he was more wide open than he anticipated. Right. Because he jumped up with, like, in the dunk pose, but then had to, like, oh, I jumped too early, so here's a layup. <laughs> so here's a he layup. got the bucket, which is important because the team started 0 for 7. Um, <laughs> but, yeah... Early on in the second quarter, I believe, um, uh, 45 seconds uh, left in the second quarter, that is. Russell bounce passes to Steven Adams. It was a really good pick and pop or pick and roll to the basket. Uh, bounce pass to Steven Adams uh, for the dunk, which was about the only dunk of the game yeah, for the Thunder. it really was. Uh, Dwight, was Dwight Powell had a few, few uh, no pun intended, thunderous dunks for the Dallas Mavericks. Um, but that particular dunk for uh, Stephen Adams put the game at 58-56, which is what the halftime score was, and it concluded a 13-2 run for the Thunder, and it really gave Thunder fans, it gave me the impression that, okay, maybe they'll clean things up right. in the second half, but I should have known better, because I've seen <laughs> this movie before, Madison. It never ends well. <laughs> it never ends well. But, guys, that is actually going to do it for us here at Flint and the bottom of the Colcord Hotel in downtown Oklahoma City. I mean, we've said it, the Thunder fall again. And they fall this time to the Dallas Mavericks at 106 to 103. Uh, they have five more games left. Next up for them is going to be against the LeBronless Los Angeles Lakers. We didn't really even get to talk about Could that. Could be the Kyle Kuzma list because he is not playing tonight in New Orleans. Uh, so keep an eye on that. Brandon Ingram is, of course, out, out. for the year with uh, blood clots. So Lonzo prayers out. to him because that is that is serious, serious business. Stuff. 
Um, it's rough. Yeah, um, it's not going to be the Lakers. It's, it's not going to be the Lakers that we all signed up for. Not exactly. Uh, it's going to be the Alex Caruso-led Los Angeles Lakers. So, yeah, if that ha- um with no LeBron James, I think that that confirms that this year, no Kevin Durant, no LeBron no. James <laughs> playing in Oklahoma City. That is, of course, unless the Thunder draw the Nugget or the uh, the Warriors, excuse me, in the first right. round. Weird season, guys. Weird season, but uh, yeah, definitely stay with the franchise on Tuesday. You'll have full coverage of the Los Angeles Lakers game. You guys have been listening to the Thunder First Take post game show as well as the OKC eighty two podcast. But that is going to do it for me and Brady Trantham. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday afternoon, and we will see you back here on Tuesday. Ah, oh, mother. It was really weird first part of the show. I was just wondering if that was a post-game basketball show. Seemed like it was something else. But y'all ain't met player P yet, huh? No, I love them. I'm always gonna love them. But I don't must be willing to stand in front of the post office and give you 30 minutes to draw a crowd and give me a public ass whooping. The experience is unmatched. Oh no! We suck again. <laughs>